Welcome to The Backbone, but first, a word from our sponsor, Anchor. Anchor is a one-stop shop for recording, hosting, and distributing your podcast. Best of all, it's 100% free and ridiculously easy to use. And now, Anchor can match you with great sponsors too, so you can get paid for your podcast. Anchor is what I use to bring you The Backbone, a journey inside finance at a startup. It connects your podcast seamlessly to iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts, and more, making your podcast available wherever your audience chooses to listen. So if you've always wanted to start a podcast and make money doing it, go to anchor.fm slash start to join me and the diverse community of podcasters already using Anchor. That's anchor.fm slash start. I can't wait to hear your podcast. Welcome to The Backbone, a journey inside finance at a startup. I'm your host, Shabam Data at Shabam on Twitter. On The Backbone, we're obsessed with finance and operations at startups. We take a close look at finance functions within various startup companies by talking to finance leaders that are in there day in and day out. We chat startup finance, metrics, operations, and everything in between. Joining me on this episode of The Backbone is Emma Linden, Chief Financial Officer at Canopy Labs. Canopy Labs is a predictive analytics software company, helping B2C marketers personalize each touchpoint in their customer journeys. At Canopy, Emma is responsible for finance, legal, and HR, and works closely with the rest of the leadership team to grow the business. Emma has significant finance and operational experience in both startups and larger organizations like eBay. Prior to joining Canopy, Emma was the CFO of a digital marketing agency, which she helped more than double in size and then successfully sell to private equity in 2015. Emma is a CPACA, having started her career at PwC. She earned her Bachelor of Commerce from Queen's University. And so without further ado, let's hear from Emma herself, Chief Financial Officer at Canopy Labs. Hey, good morning, Emma. Thanks for coming on The Backbone this morning. And I'll get started uh, right away. So you got your start uh, in your career at PwC, and then you had a variety of roles within tech from your time at eBay to Caboose, Ariad, and now Canopy Labs. So talk to me about your path to Canopy Labs and your career progression to your current CFO role at Canopy. Great. Thank you so much for having me. Uh, really uh, looking forward to our conversation. I, uh, I started my career, as you mentioned, at PwC, and it really was a great place to uh, start my career, kind of in addition to kind of giving me a good grounding in terms of finance and accounting skills. What I really loved about PwC is it gave me the opportunity in a fairly short period of time to work on on a number of different clients and in different industries, but also to really see how different finance teams worked within organizations. And I really gravitated to the teams that worked in close partnership with the business. And that was sort of something early on that I thought that I'd, I'd want to pursue in my career. I uh, had the chance to join eBay in 2005 um, as part of the Canadian team, and it really was a, a magical time. It was a small team in Canada, sort of within the, the confines of a big organization. Really was the first time it allowed me to work closely with, with experts in different disciplines. So great marketers, product experts, strategists, and, and kind of one of my favorite 
times uh, at eBay was I got a chance to work on the eBay Canada French launch. And and that really gave me the opportunity not only to work cross-functionally, but also to work across different geographies because we were working with engineers in San Jose and, and customer support, which at the time was based out of Vancouver, as well as kind of all sorts of, uh, of leadership. And it really gave me a good, a good sense of how an organization works and kind of what the critical metrics mm-hmm. are to launching certain certain things. So that was really a great opportunity. And it, it also gave me a good kind of being part of the Canadian business started to give me a, a good understanding of how macro kind of economic um, things, currency, cross-border trade, those sort of things kind of can influence a Canadian business in particular. Um, and so it was a really great learning. And, and I learned a ton there. I joined Caboose after eBay, which was my first experience in a true startup. And it sort of working in planning and analysis and working really closely for the first time with the sales team. Um, and so great learnings there in terms of uh, how to think about pricing, how to think about different types of pricing. And also gave me the first kind of flavor of M&A from the company side because Caboose at the time um, or shortly thereafter had a successful exit selling to, to Disney in 2009, 2010. And then kind of my career, I, I sort of um, decided to marry kind of my technology experience and my, uh, my professional services experience and join Ariad, which mm-hmm. was a marketing uh, agency that was just at the the cusp of transitioning from an offline agency to an online agency. Very cool. Yeah, it was really great. It was sort of the the kind of strategic question was how do we keep this handful of of really lovely lovely clients? So all the big banks, Unilever, J and J. How do we keep them as we transition um, from an offline service um, offering to an online one, sort of CRM and and digital? And and at the same time, it, there was a lot of. Um, a lot to do from a company perspective in terms of uh, making sure we had the right team and skills in place and organizational design and pricing. And so really, that's where I spent a good, it was a ton of work, but it was a ton of fun. And uh, it was it was a great opportunity to sort of dive deep in terms of thinking about um, kind of organizational design, thinking about service offering and pricing, making sure we had the right teams in the right place at the right time, and, uh, and, and sort of making sure we had the right systems and that we were looking at the right metrics as we kind of went through that transition. Transition and also really high growth so that the business started to take off, which was, which was great. And then ultimately, I worked closely with the CEO in uh, 2015 to sell that business to private, to private equity so that the shareholder could exit, exit well. And, right. uh, and then that was kind of a, a neat experience in and of itself, both kind of that sale process and then also post sale. Um, I spent a lot of time working with uh, the private equity firm owned a a few different agencies. And so part of my role was, was visiting those agencies and, and making sure kind of we were using the right metrics um, and had the right systems in place to be able to kind of execute against the different strategies. And so all of that led me to kind of, I guess that was about a seven year, uh, a seven year stint there. I had a yearning to go back into technology uh, a little bit more fulsomely. And, and so I actually, uh, uh, through mutual acquaintances, uh, got introduced to Wojciech and Jorge, which are Canopy Lab. Uh, co-founders and we had some great conversations kind of over several months and I was really impressed by what what they and their team uh, had built and and was excited to to have the opportunity to join and so with my background kind of from an agency perspective and working with a lot of marketers I could see how Canopy's product uh, really solved a lot of problems and then equally excited I was was to join kind of a great team um, that was uh, that was was starting to experience really significant growth so a lot of great experiences that I want to kind of get to 
and, and unpack uh, as we go through the show. But before doing all that, tell me a bit more about Canopy Labs itself, uh, what it's all about. Sure, I'd love to. So Canopy Labs uh, is a customer journey analytics company. And so we're, uh, we're SaaS based and we help B2C marketers really bring a personalized touch point to every aspect of their customer relationships. And so we work across uh, a number of different industries. So omni-channel retail, uh, ticketing, uh, travel, just to name a few. But really, we work well uh, whenever there's a, a someone has to make a considered purchase. Kind of when I think about sort of how we help, um, kind of at our core, what we do is uh, we integrate all this customer data from really any source that a company can think of. So online activity like bra- web browsing activity or, or CRM data, um, but also offline uh, data. So things like POS uh, POS information. And really what the platform does is it, it then builds and maps out 360 degree customer profiles for each customer and, and visitor and anonymous user. It really helps then marketers understand the journeys that, that their customers are taking, um, often for the first time, and then helps them kind of personalize those experiences to really drive activation and conversion. The exciting thing is once you get all that data in, in one place, and I think really importantly, both the online and the offline um, data, because customers are, are obviously uh, using both quite often. Um, but really then kind of our analytics engine automatically tracks events and predicts what events are likely to happen next. As a result, you can use it to to kind of personalize uh, and trigger communications um, and outreach. You can think about what, what offers to provide um, at the right time for specific individuals. And then you can also use it for things like uh, kind of preemptive customer service. So kind of starting to track uh, when you think somebody uh, might not have had an optimal experience and then kind of what kind of intervention do you want to run to, hmm. to, to help improve that? That's really cool. So I want to dig into that a bit more and, and talk about, so you mentioned that, you know, Canopy generates descriptive and predictive information, right? To tell companies what their customers have done in the past and then anticipate what they will do in the future. So these types of predictive capabilities can be very powerful. As you think about how that relates to the finance function, how do you see that changing over time so that the finance function can take advantage of analytics and predictive models to improve the budgeting process for organizations? Because as you mentioned, there's a ton of data um, that can be leveraged. So how does that help the finance function? Yeah, great question. And I think it's got enormous um, potential. And I think we're just kind of at the at the beginnings of thinking about how we can, can meaningfully use it. I think being able to incorporate a company's data, including its operational data, I think would be is kind of really will be an important next step in terms of how how predictive modeling in the in the budgeting and forecasting um, processes work. I think though what it really will change, and I'm excited about this change, but I think it really increases the importance of, of critical thinking skills for finance teams and also the ability to develop really close um, working relationships with the rest of the business to really understand what those drivers are, to understand what to do with the information, to be able to really uh, kind of affect change. Because I think a lot of using predictive analytics within forecasting and budgeting ultimately will help save a lot of the save a lot of the time that's currently spent kind of manipulating models. But it's really for me, what do you do with that information once you once you have it? And once you once you how does it affect change within an organization um, to, to take advantage of opportunities or kind of to manage risks? And so I think um, as 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 we become more sophisticated in that space, I think it's really it's really going to augment um, the importance uh, for finance teams to have those other skills, so the, the critical thinking and the communication skills with the rest of the organization, and being able to translate 
um, kind of financial information for non non financial audiences. Right, right. Especially now, you know, there's so much uh, data and so many data points that you can use. It's very important to figure out the signal from the noise. And uh, I, I totally agree with you there in terms of being able to pull out the key insights from the, the data is important and critical thinking skills will be really come to bear uh, on that front. Couldn't agree more. Moving along to another aspect of, of Canopy Labs, Canopy helps a lot with, uh, helps its customers with uh, attribution. So it allows companies to understand and attribute ROI on all marketing activities. And so in a world where there are so many digital marketing channels out there, like we see today and continuously growing, why is attribution so important? I think it's so important because we've got this kind of ever expanding range of options. And we obviously have limited limited resources, both kind of financially and in terms of focus. And so really being able to understand what's driving, um, particularly in the marketing space on customer acquisition and retention is really, is really critical. And so it's important um, across all marketing channels. Digital is, is usually the first that the focus is on, but really being able to, to think about it across all marketing channels. And then as a finance team, ultimately, kind of understanding that the trade-offs and ROI, obviously, across all the different investment um, decisions that you've got, you've got to think about and make. And so that's why I love what I love about what Canopy does is it, it gives marketers that opportunity to understand attribution kind of across all the different um, touch points that they've got. So for most of our customers, that that this is really the first time that they're starting to see how uh, how attribution is working, kind of in the interplay between offline and online uh, online marketing. Is there uh, an opportunity then for the finance leader within an organization to play a deeper role in in helping the marketing function understand ROI on marketing spend, make that marketing spend even more effective over time? Uh, with uh, with attribution, yeah, absolutely. I think this is a this is an important place for finance to really work in partnership with uh, with their marketing teams um, in terms of um, kind of driving dialogue about ROI and sort of what does it mean and kind of out of that, what options are there to to improve that ROI um, and also making sure that there's the the tracking set up in place and the um, that the systems that the team needs to be able to look at that holistically um, are supported both kind of when you think about the uh, budgeting uh, trade off trade off time um, and then also though keeping kind of some um, ongoing dialogue with the with the marketers in terms of what they're seeing and what actions they're taking kind of based on that um, so I think it's really really an important um, relationship um, between finance and marketing um, to understand that ROI and to make sure that it's being used to, to and, and optimized over time. Makes a lot of sense. And then tying that back to our, our previous discussion on, you know, um, taking advantage of, of data and, and predictive systems to anticipate what customers will be doing. If you're able to attribute marketing spend accurately and effectively, you know, if a customer is taking advantage of a particular marketing channel versus another I may have bought something from you and now you know a couple months later you want to advertise to them again you can figure out which marketing channels are most effective with that uh, segment of customer and and use marketing spend there versus other channels so I think um, there there is some interplay uh, between uh, between those two aspects yeah I definitely think you're right and being able to like that, that's taking it to the next level in terms of being able to really 
see the 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 impact of being able to personalize um, kind of how you interact with with specific customers or specific segments based on kind of behaviorally what they've been doing. Um, and then uh, we definitely see for a lot of our customers, that's where they see the lift um, from an RO, ROI perspective in terms of using Canopy um, because they're able to do that. And, and then it's that much more meaningful in terms of relationship. And that pays off in terms of um, kind of customer lifetime value and, and those sorts of things, all of which the attribution helps uh, helps inform. Now I want to shift gears a bit and and talk about uh, some of your your prior roles as you kind of progressed uh, to your CFO role at Canopy. So at Ariad, you served as the Chief Business Intelligence Officer. Talk to me a bit about that role and why the finance leader role within a technology company is much more than just making sure the books are in good order. Yeah, sure. Happy to. Um, so um, my role as uh, Chief Business Intelligence Officer at Ariad um, really happened um, after the acquisition um, of the Canadian company. Um, and so my role was across kind of several agencies, a couple in the US uh, and then the Canadian agency. And really... Um, kind of born out of my love of love of metrics and being able to use those metrics to make good decisions. My role was really to make sure that we had the right um, systems in place, that that the local leadership teams were, were getting the information they needed, but also that they had a, a kind of a strategic sparring partner um, to think about what the, the implications of those metrics were and how we might make better decisions as an organization, both kind of across the, across the network, but for each individual uh, agency as well. And I, I think that plays really well into your question about um, about what finance um, uh, within technology companies. Um, I think it's it's within any company, um, but technology companies in particular and startups. Um, finance really has the the opportunity and and I think the responsibility to go far beyond kind of uh, making sure just that the numbers are right. And uh, I think forecasting um, is is a critical function. Thinking about cash and and making sure there's a good handle on that, um, but also kind of working closely with 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 different members of the team. So kind of working with sales and and reviewing new deals and thinking about um, commercial terms and 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 the legal and uh, mm-hmm. making sure that from a compliance perspective we can we can continue to win new business with larger organizations. But also being able to kind of think about resource uh, and scenario planning, uh, making sure kind of um, from an HR perspective that there's you know good onboarding in place and good training and and uh, and and kind of thinking about the business holistically, um, being that good sounding board and and kind of sparring partner with different parts of the organization, I think is a really right. healthy, yeah, healthy role that finance can, can play. For sure. And, and you touched on this earlier, but having the ability to work across many cross-functional teams um, is really a, a unique opportunity that any anyone in the finance leader role in the finance function uh, of a company has. Being able to work across sales, marketing, product, customer support, like you said, uh, I think it's a really, really interesting uh, position to be in uh, as the finance leader. I mean, I think that's part of my most fun. Like if I was thinking back to my uh, university self and why kind of finance um, was an appealing uh, appealing place to be, I think someone told me early what's, what's so, sort of great about finance is it gives you permission to ask a lot about uh, about. Uh, a lot about the business to almost yeah. anyone. Um, and so if you're curious um, and you've got a passion kind of for, for seeing growth and seeing kind of how the business is morphing and changing, finance is actually probably one of the best uh, best places to be in. So it's something that I've loved kind of throughout my career. Yeah, yeah, that's awesome. Couldn't agree with you more. So what I'd like to do now is uh, jump into our quick fire round. And so the way this works is I'll ask you a couple of questions and you'll have 10 to 15 seconds to respond to each. How does that sound? 
Sounds great. All right. So starting with number one, what is your go-to online resource for all things startup finance related? So I don't think I can pick one, but I can pick two. So I'd say Jason Lemkin at Saster and then David Scott for um, for Matrix Partners for his blog. For entrepreneurs. Yeah. Yeah. Those are both uh, great resources. So what's your favorite uh, productivity hack? Turning off notifications. Hmm. That's uh, that's key. So, do you turn them off, or do you just put your phone like face down? Because I've I've seen both. Yeah, I do. I do both. Okay. Um, uh, just to just to keep keep me at bay, but uh, but really for me, turning off the notifications because I I almost always piques my interest. So I uh, to stay focused, I turn them off. Very good, very good. Um, and what's one thing you don't leave the office before finishing? I would say checking in with the team uh, and just making sure things are well in hand. Mm-hmm. So. Making sure that any um, that I'm aware of any anything that's um, that's, uh, that's that might be a problem tomorrow um, as I go out the door. That makes sense. What's one tech jargon that makes you cringe? Ninja. Ninja. <laughs> no, I think I'm just not. I think I'm too practical for kind of some of the, t- the kind of descriptive terms that get used for kind of the roles that people are, are doing. So uh, right. I'll, I'll stick with that. <laughs> that's a good one. And what's the best advice you've ever received? I think really to look to join teams that are going to push you. Um, so teams that you can uh, add something to, but also learn from. And I feel like that's sort of what I've looked for in kind of every stage of my career. And it's and it's uh, it's it's paid off well. That's great. That's great advice for sure. Well, thanks again, Emma, for uh, coming on the show, talking to talking to me about uh, your previous experiences and how that's helped you uh, in your role now at Canopy, talking about what Canopy does, all of its uh, capabilities, and especially as it relates to descriptive and predictive information to help its customers, and as well as talking about attribution and the importance of that, um, especially thinking about it from a finance leader's perspective. It was really an exciting conversation and uh, thanks again for for coming on the show to doing this thanks very much for having me talk to you later bye now